Welcome to In Broad Daylight. Your host, Adam Todd Brown. On this episode, calm the fuck down about fake news. Hey, welcome to In Broad Daylight. I'm Adam Todd Brown, and this is my solo show that I do every day, meaning Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, when I can get to it. Speaking of that, let's get to it. Listen, we need to calm the fuck down about fake news. I get that Donald Trump feels like the 9-11 of presidential elections, because he totally is, but that doesn't mean we need to start stripping away our freedoms to the point that millennials have a Patriot Act to call their own. Uh, If you haven't read a single news source in the past month or so, just to get you up to speed, a lot of people are freaking out about how much of a role the spread of fake news played in this election, mostly on Facebook. And now there's this huge outcry for Facebook to do something about it. And I have a problem with that for a few reasons. For starters, it's nobody's fault but our own that so many of us literally get our news from Facebook feeds. Mark Zuckerberg has repeatedly argued that Facebook isn't a news organization, and I think he's right. Getting your news exclusively from Facebook is like buying your groceries exclusively from a convenience store. You might get what you need, but it's not going to be good for you in the long run. I'll tell you where the problem started. It's when we started showing our parents how to use Facebook. You know who didn't vote for Trump? My mom. And she lives in the ruralest of rural Wisconsin. Mostly for her own good, I've never even brought up the subject of helping her get acclimated to Facebook. Like I said, she lives in rural Wisconsin. I assume she's depressed enough without seeing what her batshit insane sisters are up to online. Which, for the record... Holy shit, Aunt Darcy, pump the brakes on the quizzes about what Disney princess you are. But we can't really unring that bell now, can we? That said, it might be for the best, because as long as fake news is spreading online, it's spreading in a way that we can track and spot and, most importantly, refute. I mean, granted, telling people who accept fake news as fact that they're wrong is about as effective as telling a person who's on fire that they aren't on fire. But still, at least we get the opportunity. Because here's the thing, none of this is even sort of new. Joseph Pulitzer, the man whose name we've come to equate with journalistic and writing excellence, built his empire, at least in part, by engaging in yellow journalism. If you're unfamiliar with the term, yellow journalism is a type of journalism that presents little or no legitimate, well-researched news and instead uses eye-catching headlines to sell more newspapers. If you replace sell more newspapers with generate more clicks, what you have there is an absolutely perfect definition of the clickbait articles we've come to hate so much lately. And another well-respected name in journalism, William Randolph Hearst, engaged in a long circulation war with Pulitzer using the exact same tactics. Sure, they did some great reporting on some perfectly legitimate stories, but that doesn't sell papers. The fake or highly sensationalized stories did that. Like how BuzzFeed does some great reporting, 
but mostly makes their money selling sponsored articles about how only people who grew up in the 90s know these insider facts about Tide laundry detergent. Pulitzer and her stories of how badly Cuba was being mistreated by Spain were at least partly responsible for getting Americans excited about the prospect of fighting in the Spanish-American War. I'd argue that was much worse than fake news spreading on Facebook because in, the, in their case, there's no room for discussion after it starts spreading. Back then, there was no going online to verify the facts in a story. Unless you were willing to travel to Cuba to see it firsthand, you had no idea if what Pulitzer and Hearst were publishing about the situation there was actually true. Now, you can just snopes that shit and leave your racist uncle a comment reminding him that he's a dipshit for believing fake news in less time than it used to take to walk to the corner and buy a newspaper. We want fake news out in the open where we can at least try to fight against it. Otherwise, it's just going to go back to the Obama's a Muslim days when you wouldn't find out your relative was a crazy person until they forwarded you an email with a photoshopped image attachment of Obama braiding bin Laden's hair on a couch in the Oval Office. By the time someone's taken time out of their day to email blast their entire contact list with shit like that, they're way too far gone to talk to. At least getting in on the ground floor right after they share their craziness online gives you a chance to change their mind while there's still time. And beside that, what exactly are we expecting Facebook to do? I'm assuming their algorithm is at least in part built around promoting the things that are getting shared the most online. It sounds all well and good to have a small group of people at a tech company scouring for fake news and stopping it from circulating, but if we go for that, who's to say they couldn't tweak the system in a similar way in the future, except in a way that we like a whole lot less? I mean, you do recall that we just elected Trump, correct? He wants nothing more than to be able to crack down on the type of news that gets spread about him in the media. What if Facebook refuses to help so he and his Republican-controlled House and Senate decide the government needs to step in and monitor social media sites to decide what should and shouldn't be shared? We're basically China at that point, especially if the crackdown extends to Google. I know, that sounds crazy, but so did the idea of Trump getting elected, and that shit happened. So don't rule anything out. I know it seems like what we need because it helped him get elected, But putting more restrictions on what media outlets can post online plays right into what Trump wants this country to be. Do not fall for that shit. I was actually going to abandon the idea of recording this episode because I got to it way after the fake news scare erupted, and I assumed it was on the verge of blowing over. But then today, more fake news, uh, news broke that I think perfectly demonstrates the problem with letting Facebook control what kind of news we see on their site. A guy named Daniel Siradsky just released a browser plugin called BS Detector that flags questionable websites on Facebook and Twitter. It works using a list of known fake news sites. If a user lands on one of those sites, they see a banner that says this website is considered a questionable source. I don't think you need a degree in computer science to see how easy something like that could get way, way out of hand. If you get the wrong person in charge of making that list, maybe tweak the program a bit 
so it just blocks access to those sites instead of showing a warning banner. And just like that, again, you are surfing the internet exactly like they do in China. And we do not want that shit. Or do we? Because this extension was downloaded 25,000 times within just a few days of it launching. That many people, fueled by nothing other than their fear over what role fake news played in electing Trump, decided to put figuring out what is and isn't news in the hands of a total stranger with no questions asked. And who do you think downloaded that extension? I promise it wasn't the people who let stories about Hillary Clinton having Parkinson's disease sway their vote. And here's a question. What happens when fake news sites deliver real news? For example, I doubt anyone would be surprised if a publication like the National Enquirer ended up on a list of untrustworthy sources. And liberal types would be all for it when you take the Enquirer's support of Trump into account. The problem with that is, in between writing sensationalized stories about the paternity of celebrity babies, they've also broken some perfectly legitimate stories. Uh, The murder of Bill Cosby's son was solved because of information provided by the Enquirer. They reported on the affair that brought former Democrat darling John Edwards down way before anyone accepted that as real news. You could argue they deserved a fucking Pulitzer for their coverage of the OJ trial. I mean, after all, they basically just perfected the formula Pulitzer used to build his empire. They haven't been around since 1926 for nothing. So do sites like that get swept up in the block fake news sites frenzy? Because I feel like maybe they shouldn't. And what's even worse about the BS detector extension is Facebook's reaction to it. The developer made it in part to refute Facebook's claims that they can't police the news. And they proved they could by literally blocking users from posting links to that extension's website on Facebook. Is that what we want? Facebook deciding what we can and can't post? Fuck no. I mean, it's fine if they're patrolling for things like uh, nudity or child porn or crime scene photos. I don't know. But something about Facebook being the deciding voice in what is and isn't news just doesn't sit that well with me. Sorting the facts from the bullshit has always and will always be our responsibility. I mean, sure, it sucks that millions of voters couldn't separate fact from fiction when deciding who to vote for, but we need to stop making giving away our freedom our go-to response to a crisis in this country. We did it after 9-11. We've been doing that shit for decades, and it never works out well for us. It won't this time either. Trump didn't win this election because fake news sites exist. He won because he embraced fake news stories, knowing his right-wing authoritarian-minded followers wouldn't question it for even a second. We're not going to beat those people by censoring the news. We just need to vote more. Anyway, thanks for listening. If you're in L.A., come to Foreground tomorrow at 2 p.m. to see us at the List Demands Comedy Festival. It's for a good cause, and there'll be lots of great comics there. We hope to see you. Bye. Bye.